Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. Here's what we got going on for today's show. Farmers remain ahead of the five-year and ten-year averages for harvest for this time of year. I spoke with Mackenzie Ladoon to break down the latest crop report. The Tri-National Agricultural Accord, a meeting of Canadian, American, and Mexican ag officials wrapped up in Saskatoon yesterday. And the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association sent a letter to the province's ag minister detailing all the feedback given by producers on various support programs. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Scattered showers were reported around Saskatchewan, but that didn't stop farmers from combining. According to today's crop report, 9% has been harvested, ahead of the 5-year average of 8% and 10-year average of 5%. Crops Extension Specialist Mackenzie Ladoon says the Southwest is leading the pack with 20% of this year's crop combined. Producers in the Northwest were delayed this week due to those rain showers that came through and have harvested only 1% of this year's crop so far. Producers have made progress harvesting all crops this week, excluding flax. Fall cereals are still the most harvested crop this week, with 61% of fall rye and 56% of winter wheat taken off for the year. Field peas and lentils are the most harvested spring seeded crops, with 36% of both peas and lentils being harvested provincially. Oil seeds in general have been harvested the least so far, and producers are just getting started on those. Every region got rain this past week, leading to an increase in topsoil moisture conditions. This most significant moisture received was 67 millimeters in the Esterhazy area, followed closely by 63 millimeters in the Lipton areas. An increase in soil moisture was recorded this week. In cropland, 26% of topsoil moisture has adequate moisture, 45% is short, and 29% is very short. 21% of hay and pastureland has adequate topsoil moisture. 45% is short, and 34% is very short. Crop damage included the usual suspects, drought, wind damage, gophers, grasshoppers, and flea beetles. Ladoon says producers are busy combining and desiccating crops this week, while others are marketing cattle and hauling water for livestock. She also says crop reporters are asked to report on water supply and quality this week. So provincially, moderate water supply shortages are occurring for our livestock producers with many of our producers anticipating more significant shortages soon, while others are reporting severe water shortages. Producers are concerned about their water quality as well, and if they are concerned, they are welcome to bring in water samples to regional offices for free water quality testing. And Ladoon reminds everyone to give machinery extra space when traveling on roads. The risk of fire this harvest is exacerbated by the dry conditions as well, and the, those dry conditions that were seen throughout our growing season. 
Producers are also encouraged to have their fire mitigation, such as water tanks or discards, and to blow off their combines at the end of the night to help prevent fires. Dry conditions and harvest is stressful for our producers, and they're welcome to phone the farm stress line if they feel the need to. That's Mackenzie Ledoon, Crops Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, based in Moose Jaw. After the break, we'll hear from an Eston area farmer to see how his harvest is going. Back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. The harvest is off to an early start in the Eston area, about 60 kilometers southeast of Kindersley in the west-central area of Saskatchewan. Dave Hewlett started combining lentils on August 1st as the crop ripened quickly under the warm and very dry conditions. A few rare showers slowed the harvest down a bit last week, but Hewlett is combining Durham this week. Yields are about what was expected, anywhere from 50 to 60 percent of a normal crop. Hewlett talked about his harvest as he combines in Durham, about 12 miles southwest of Eston. We've got a not a bad kickoff down here. It's a little bit of a soft start with the showers over the past uh, week or so. Probably a little further south and west of where I am, there's more activity. We're just getting really rolling this week with uh, dry conditions, warm weather. I think we'll see some serious uh, activity in our area. Talking to you at Ag Emotion, you said you're going to be uh, desiccating your, your lentils at the beginning of uh, August or the first week of August. Did that happen? I wish. We ended up moving it into July. We thrashed our first field of lentils on August 1st, so my summer got uh, greatly abbreviated in a hurry. What kind of uh, yields did you get from those early crops? We're, so far, we've done some lentils and uh, some durum, and we're seeing somewhere in that 50 to 60% of an average yield. So kind of what we were expecting, maybe even a hair better than what it looked like at first glance. So, What's the crop looking like coming out? Uh, are there grasshoppers around down there? There's definitely grasshoppers. The lentils we've done so far were not very, we're not too bad for uh, contamination of grasshoppers. We're in some term with it's pretty clean right at the moment. I see we have some other fields I was scouting this morning that I definitely think we're going to see some uh, grasshoppers in the sample, possibly even close to a grading issue. So what's uh, up uh, right now and what are you going to be doing in the coming days for combining? on Durham here at our farm for the next couple days. Uh, we got some lentils for a little later this week again, and uh, but the most this week will be spent on Durham. You mentioned about 50 to 60 percent of normal yield. What about the quality of the crop? Uh, the stuff we've thrashed so far has good color, um, nice and up-looking kernels. We're much on the light side again due to the drought and heat, and it's not going to be a large grading issue, but it's definitely going to be a, a factor in grading. Now, now, do you have any crops like uh, canola or, or or any of the specialty crops? On our farm, we've got durum, canary seed, lentils, red and green, and also canola. Our canola is uh, a little later, so it's definitely suffering from the warm stretch we had here a while ago. Um, these last few cooler days definitely helped in finishing out, trying to fill. So, Have you uh, had much rain the last couple of weeks? We're about uh, half an inch in our yard in the last eight or ten days of the last few sessions of showers have uh, happened, and that puts us up into that 3.6, 3.7 inches for the year. So still extremely dry. A little bit of rain like that just soaks right in. 
Yeah, the rain dry in hours. And I mean, I'm in heavy gumbo soil that normally rain means you're off limits for days. And uh, you can have a small shower here now and it's gone faster than you can get back out there. So even a tenth or two, that wouldn't slow you down too much? Uh, nope, it'll just extend the uh, maintenance check over in the yard for another few minutes and probably get us back in the field midday instead of uh, mid-morning. Overall, you would consider, I mean, not talking about the yield, but things have been flowing along fairly quickly? Yeah, we've had a, a decent start. Like I said, a bit of a soft start with a couple of showers, and we're at the stage where stuff's just ready. It's not uh, waiting on us. We're kind of waiting for it at the same time. And uh, like I said, this week's going to be a little more action. Hope we get a couple thousand acres thrashed here in the next couple of days. And, but overall, we're we're happy with our progress. We're happy with what we're seeing for a sample. We're disappointed in the yield, of course. Not disappointed based on what we've seen out there, but disappointed on on well, comparison to average. Yeah, the good thing is that so far no surprises. Exactly. Yep. Surprises are great as long as it's your birthday. <laughs> great, Dave. Well, thank you very much. Unless there's something else you'd like to add. That's uh, about all I have on my mind. I hope everybody's staying safe out there and enjoying the harvest, no matter how it is in your area, and uh, go from there. That's Dave Hewlett, who farms in the Eston area in west-central Saskatchewan. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The looming harvest may keep a lid on the upside in the Ice Futures canola market over the next month, as participants wait to get a better handle on the size of this year's crop. Markets Farm Pro Analyst Mike Jubinville says we're still at the mercy of trying to determine what size of crop we have, noting trade guesses range anywhere from 16.5 million to 19 million metric tons. He was leaning toward the lower end of that range at around 17.5 million metric tons, which would be well below Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's current estimate of 18.8 million and would leave the country with relatively tight exportable supplies. He expects domestic crushers will continue to pay up for canola, given the historically wide crush margins, with most of the necessary demand rationing coming from the export side of the market. He adds gains in outside vegetable oil markets were supportive, limiting the downside risk for canola through the harvest season. Research from the University of Alberta is showing clubroot pathotypes continue to evolve at a rapid pace. Between 2019 and 2020, a team of scientists led by Keisha Holman, a PhD candidate in plant science, surveyed 250 canola fields across Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Holman's team found 25 unique clubroot pathotypes within the samples. Of those 25, 15 can overcome resistance. Researchers also found seven new pathotypes, six of which can bypass canola's bread resistance. Holman says this most recent research shows how much diversity there is in the clubroot pathogen. The message the research sends to farmers is to consider integrated management strategies. Holman says scouting, early detection, and other steps will be important to reduce clubroot spread. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says the province has the food, fuel and fertilizer that the world needs. This comes after new figures from Statistics Canada show Saskatchewan's economy continues to strengthen, 
helped by strong wholesale trade. The agency says the province saw $7.2 billion in wholesale trade for the month. That's a 70.5% year-over-year increase compared to June of 2022. Canada's Temporary Foreign Worker, or TFW, program is set to give farms a head start in an express lane expected to cut the annual paperwork for that program's most trusted employers. Federal Employment and Workforce Development Minister Randy Bosano last week launched a three-year pilot meant to help to address labour shortages and reduce the administrative burden for repeat employers participating in the TFW program who demonstrate a history of complying with program requirements. The pilot program, dubbed the Recognized Employer Pilot, or REP, was telegraphed in the federal budget in April last year with a funding envelope of $29.3 million over three years. Canadian employers who want to import TFWs must today fill out labour market impact assessments every year, documenting an employer's need for a TFW, and that no Canadians or permanent residents are available to do the job in question. The United States has condemned Russia's continued attacks on Ukraine's grain infrastructure and says it's working with partners to identify alternative options to ensure Ukrainian grain exports. Since quitting the accord, Russia has attacked Ukrainian agricultural and port infrastructure. Exports through the corridor were vital to helping address a global food crisis worsened by Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. Overnight airstrikes damaged silos and warehouses at Rennie on the Danube River, a vital wartime route for food exports. They posted photos of destroyed storage facilities and piles of scattered grain and sunflowers. Moscow has repeatedly said it was ready to return to the Black Sea Initiative immediately, once an accompanying agreement concerning Russian exports was implemented. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, a mainly sunny sky winds from the southwest at 20 kilometers an hour. High of 29 degrees with the humidex 30. Tonight, clear, then partly cloudy. Winds from the south at 30, gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, low of 17. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. Some smoke as well. Winds from the west at 30, gusting to 50. High of 35 degrees, 36 with the humidex. The low for tomorrow is 13. Saturday, partly cloudy, high of 22, a low of 9. Sunday, cloudy, high of 21. Then Sunday night, periods of rain, low of 11. The rain will continue on Monday, high of 22. Monday night, cloudy, with a 30% chance of continuing showers, low of 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, high of 24, low 12. Wednesday, partly cloudy, high of 25. Normal highs for this period are at 25. Normal lows, 9 degrees. The sun rose at 5.50 this morning. Sun will set at 8.14 tonight. Taking a look around the province, in Estevan, 24. 
Swift Current 28, Saskatoon and Weyburn 25, Yorkton 22. The hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Leader at 31.2, Cool Spot in Collins Bay at 13.3. In Regina, mainly sunny, south-southwest wind at 22 to 32 kilometers an hour, humidity at 33%, temperature 26 degrees or 78 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.2 and falling. In Moose Jaw Sunshine, winds from the west-southwest at 11 kilometers an hour, temperature 27 degrees. Once again in Regina, mainly sunny, south-southwest wind at 22 to 32 kilometers an hour, temperature 26 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. It's written, signed, and delivered to Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association sent a letter to Minister Merritt, which has feedback on various support programs and general comments from producers. The feedback was compiled during five town hall meetings in Purdue, Kindersley, Cabri, Cadillac, and Central Butte. CEO of the Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, says they also released the letter publicly on their social media and website. We were uh, impressed with the, the number of folks that came out, but I think it really lends some serious gravity to the situation and, and the topics that were discussed. That that really was the views of, of a substantial number of producers in this province, and, and that's why we wanted to make sure this letter got out there and, and was public so that people could see that you know these concerns weren't just going into a black box, that we were making sure that they were getting put into the hands of uh, our elected officials and our decision makers in the province. One of the themes that I uh, noticed when I was reading through it earlier today was just the timeliness of all of these support programs available. Uh, producers talking about how, you know, slow or uh, untimely or these programs delivering supports to them in a not-so-timely manner. Uh, would you kind of uh, agree with that assessment? Just kind of your thoughts on, you know, the different types of uh, feedback for these different supports. Yeah, that's certainly a trend, obviously, that uh, we've heard about and uh, continue to hear about at these meetings. When producers are in a situation where the weather forecast is changing on a daily basis and they need to make decisions for their operations, they need to be able to be sure that they've got cash in hand when a program, when they're in a claim position, so that they can go and make uh, business decisions uh, for the future of their operation. And whether that means sourcing feed, uh, as we know, the market for feed is, is demanding right now. And uh, sometimes you need to be able to act quickly uh, if feed comes available. And, and so that's one of the key themes, again, yeah, for sure, that, that we saw was people really wanting to be put in the best position possible to make the decisions for their operation going forward. Was there anything that kind of stood out to you when the letter was completed and you had a chance to kind of proofread it and look at it? That there was a lot there. Uh, I knew there was a lot discussed. Uh, there was wrinkles to everything that, that was brought up. But just the sheer amount of, of topics and programs that we had the opportunity to uh, to discuss and, and in some cases criticize and in some cases look at what was working and how to uh, to improve or expand on those pieces that were working. So it was it was good to know. But like I said, 
there was a lot that we did manage to cover and talk about, and I, uh, I think we've captured that in, uh, in the letter that we sent. So now that it's sent off today, obviously, uh, you know, there is the chance that the Ag Minister uh, might not read it right away as, uh, you know, he's a very busy man. But uh, my next question would just be about, uh, you know, how optimistic are you that uh, the letter would be sent, read and responded to in a timely manner? Uh, highly optimistic. Uh, we've been in correspondence with the minister's office, and and they've informed me that they have, the work has already started uh, on their response to that letter. So, we know that the minister has been out touring on his own as well uh, in some of the drought-stricken areas of the province, and and so we know we know he's got a good feel for the conditions out there, and and this was really to help inform that. Uh, really to color in the lines and fill in uh, the rest of the blanks there if there was an opportunity to do that. So we're highly optimistic that we'll get a response. And, and of course, they do need time to, to review the contents of the letter. But uh, some of these issues, of course, that come up are, are not new. But it's important that the minister's office is, uh, I guess, aware of the conversations that we had and making sure that as an organization, the FCA is bringing those issues to the forefront. All right, and last one for me. Uh, just uh, always curious about feedback when it comes to these sorts of things. Uh, uh, has anybody else other than the Cattlemen's Association uh, have had a chance to look at through this letter, like maybe members or uh, other producers that you know of? And if so, uh, what have they said? So far, I mean, we haven't seen feedback roll in other than, you know, the odd like and stuff here on social media. But of course, that letter just went out at 830. And, and it's a very busy time of year for producers. But um, we've distributed that letter to our other uh, livestock groups around the province, livestock marketers, stock growers, SARM, APAS, of course, as they were in attendance at a lot of these meetings as well, and distributing it to uh, the elected officials who made their way out to attend. And so it's really an information piece, right? There, there are asks in there, of course, to improve, make improvements to these programs, but it's really to inform uh, our decision makers just how serious the situation is out there and, and the real need for improved programs to provide support in situations like this. McClellan estimates a total of 430 producers attended the town hall meetings. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Brian Young. This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Maintaining strong agricultural trade ties in North America was the main purpose of the Tri-National Agricultural Accord. Politicians and trade officials from Canada, the United States, and Mexico were in Saskatoon this week for the 32nd Annual Tri-National Accord Conference. It is an opportunity to plan for any potential future emergencies, such as African swine fever, as well as discussions on science-based trade and improving cross-border trade harmonization. The head of the U.S. delegation was Blaine Arthur, Oklahoma's Secretary of Agriculture. Lots of animals cross those borders every single day between the U.S. and Canada and Mexico pretty regularly. And as we see things like African swine fever that has moved its way across the world and deciding how can we make certain we are as prepared as possible for any disease that might impact us. Alberta Agriculture Minister R.J. Sigurdsson appreciated sessions with representatives from the United States, Mexico, as well as the agricultural sector. We know the importance 
of food, food security in our agricultural sector and what it means to our entire country. So I really appreciate those frank conversations because it really provides us that honest opinion so that we know what we need to do as a government to be able to support, aid, and at sometimes get out of the way of industry so they can do what they do best. An agricultural official from Virginia said North America is the best neighborhood on earth, notwithstanding the occasional trade difference. Dale Leftwich is the policy manager for Sask Canola. You can start to talk about things that may become issues in the future and really figure out ways to smooth the water, so to speak, before they start to become hurricanes, right? So this conference that we had gives opportunity. It was the first time that industry was actually invited to a trinational accord meeting. So that's really important, too. Mac Ross is Pulse Canada's Director of Market Access and Trade Policy. We had some really fruitful sessions uh, with each of the uh, country delegations throughout the last couple days. And, you know, really, we're here representing the growers, the ranchers, processors, exporters, life science companies, those who know firsthand the benefits of this highly integrated supply chain across our continent and uh, can really speak to those benefits, also to uh, the improvements that are needed to make that even stronger. Representatives from Mexico, 22 U.S. states, and several provinces from Quebec to Alberta were in Saskatoon for the Trinational Agricultural Accord, which wrapped up yesterday. We'll be back right after this. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today, and they were up into the double digits. Canola is up $10 at $753.12 a metric ton. Lentils is up $23 to $782.50. And number one red spring wheat is up $15.11 at $352.12. Rest run changed. Durham at $523.73. Feed barley $310.61. Chickpeas 1036.17, flax 561.54, oats 301.32, yellow peas 365.89, feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is unchanged at $7.91 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of August the 16th. Just a regular sale we had this week with 370 cows and bulls, 280 feeder cattle, a total of 650 head going to the ring. Cows and bulls selling steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 137 to 147, sales to 150 to 152. D3 cows, 127 to 137. Older type, weaker, thinner, blemish cows, 85 to a dollar. Cows are averaging 139.50. From that good dice shirt area, 1,800 pound black cows topped out at 153 and a quarter. Good bulls, 152 to 162. Sales to 175 to 176. Bulls are averaging 162.50. From that good Rokenville area, 2,200 pound bull topped out at 179.50. If you got cull cows and bulls, I would start moving some of them rather than selling them in November. This feeder market is smoking hot. Some of these small little steer cows they're selling as high as 350-pound calves, selling as high as 465. 450-pound little steer calves selling as high as 420. 
and the 550-pound little steer calves as high as 359. On to the yearling market. Six to seven hundred pound steers, three forty to three sixty nine. Seven to eights, three dollars to three forty four. And eight to nine hundred pound steers, three ten to three forty. On to the heifers, four hundred and fifty pound heifer calves selling as high as three thirty eight to five hundred fifties. Sales right to two sixty three. Six to seven hundred pound yearling heifers, three dollars to three twenty. Seven to eights, two eighty five to three ten. And eight to nine hundred pound heifers, two seventy to three dollars. Here are some uh, yearling highlights from that good Belcaris area. 835-pound tan steers, they topped out at 340. And some of his heifers, 685-pound heifers at 322, 720-pound heifers at 310, and 850-pound heifers as high as 298. A job well done. Did you know some of our weight classes are bringing more through the ring than DLMS or team because of all our order buyers? Just saying, next week. August 23rd will be a regular sale. Then on August 30th, a big pre-sort, 1,500 head consigned so far. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And now here are the latest pork prices. This is Bill Alford with the Hams Market Commenter for Thursday, August 17th. Hams sold 7,200 hogs Wednesday, selling a range of 242 to 257 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,200 head selling a range of 241 to 256 per CKG. Hams from Winsells this week are up, selling in the range of 60 to 67 cents per pound of live weight. Hams cash hog price today is down, and four contract prices open higher this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is down 19 basis points, with the daily exchange rate 1.3518. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.98 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are lower, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt down $1.28, while the national form has pulled back $0.78 cents U.S. on weight relative to the previous day. The seasonal trend appears firmly in place, and the broad expectations for the trend to remain biased lower until the end of September. The afternoon report showed the net value of the pork cutout came in $1.36 lower to the cumulative trend of $3.60 lower compared to a week ago. Bellies are now down $19.85 compared to last week, and if the trend holds, it will represent the largest weekly move lower in the primal so far this year. This morning's weekly export sales report showed physical shipments of U.S. pork came in at 28,638 metric tons, which while at the lower end of weekly volume for 2023 was still good enough to maintain a year-to-date pace that is 6.7% higher than last year. Net sales for the current market year were middle of the pack at 28,737 metric tons, but like physical deliveries, forward sales are performing well and only 0.9% below the record 2020 marketing year pace. Meanwhile, lean hog futures are trading higher after hitting some technical support levels, but the trend is called sideways to lower in the near term. The weekly export sales report was okay, but not enough to mount a fundamental rally. Coming up next, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says the province has the food, fuel, and fertilizer that the world needs. This comes after new figures from Stats Canada show Saskatchewan's economy continues to strengthen, helped by strong wholesale trade. The agency says the province saw $7.2 billion in wholesale trade for the month. That's a 70.5% year-over-year increase compared to June 2022. Japan suffered a trade deficit last month as exports sank for the first time in nearly two and a half years, dragged down by a slowdown overseas. 
The finance ministry says exports from the world's third largest economy shrank most markedly for the rest of Asia, especially China. Exports recovered in autos and auto parts as the social restrictions related to the COVID-19 pandemic, which had crippled production, eased. But that was not enough to offset the drop in exports in computer chips, machinery, and other manufactured goods. Imports fell in various sectors, including food, machinery, and energy. Over to the markets now. The TSX is down just one point at 19,898. The Dow is down 16 points to 34,748. Oil is up $1.06 at $80.44 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.90 cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for another edition of Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.